It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, March 21st, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. The Seine fleet has started to trickle into Sitka's harbors, but the herrings still aren't showing themselves in large numbers. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game conducted an aerial survey on Thursday morning from Eastern Channel and along the eastern cruise off shoreline to Eastern Bay. No herring schools or spawn were observed in the survey, but rough waters and winds affected visibility. Surveyors did observe herring predators, like sea lions and humpback whales, in a few areas. State fisheries biologist Aaron Dupuy says it's pretty typical for this time in the season. Nothing out of the ordinary right now. Looks like herring predators are kind of staging in classic early season positions. Um, they're going after herring in the deep waters, off of Vizcari Trench and Bealy Rock Trench. Weather conditions were too rough for surveyors to fly on Friday, but Dupuis says there's still a little time before he expects the commercial herring fishery to go on two-hour notice. I, I think we still got some time here. Um, you know, in the last news release that we did, or two news releases ago, where we had test set information, um, it was 0% mature row, so we got a little bit of time. A virtual mapping tool makes it possible to see the exact path surveyors flew on Thursday and every day so far this herring season. The state has been using the tool for a couple of years, with more information available each season as they refine it. It now shows how many predators were spotted in a given area, and when spawning kicks off, it will show the miles of milt in a given area, typically with photos attached. The big push for us to do this was... um I guess to develop more transparency with what goes into our aerial surveys so folks can see in real time, you know, once we get back, we sync the data and it's available to folks. They can see where the plane went. They can see what we saw. You can find a link to the Herring Survey tool on our website, kcaw.org. The next survey is scheduled for today, Monday, March 21st, unless there is significant change in the abundance of predators. Sitka Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins will end a decade-long legislative career when the Alaska House adjourns sometime later this year. A Democrat, Christ Tompkins is a senior member of the Alaska House of Representatives and would be a contender for majority leader if another bipartisan majority were organized after this October's general election. Nevertheless, at 33 years old, Christ Tompkins has served most of his adult life in the Alaska legislature, and he's ready for a change. It's been a decade, and I've watched my 20s go by the wayside, and literally every adult life birthday I have had has been in the confines of the Alaska Capitol, and um, sort of want to be sure before I get too long in tooth that have the opportunity to have time and space for other aspects of life as well, as difficult a decision as that is, because I love the legislature, and I love this community in the region, and enjoy and feel effective with the work that um, is involved with the legislature. Christ Tompkins won his seat in 2012 after redistricting left Representative Bill Thomas of Haines vulnerable to challenge from Sitka. Thomas, a Republican, was the chair of the House Finance Committee and thought to be safe. Christ Tompkins ran a grassroots campaign and defeated Thomas by less than three dozen votes. In his first days in office, someone mistook Christ Tompkins for a House page. Ten years later, here's near the top of the pecking order. There's been a tremendous amount of turnover in the House 
in my 10 years also. So that's contributed to the fact of seniority, I guess. But when I last tallied it up, I think I was tied for maybe fourth most seniority in in the House of Representatives or, or something like that. There are a couple members who've been there a bit longer, but have a great parking spot and uh, <laughs> some of the other perks that, that come with long tenure. Although Christ Tompkins is stepping away from the legislature, he's not stepping away from politics as a constituent. He's been a force in Alaskan politics since the age of 12 when he served as statewide chair of the John Dean presidential campaign. He's proud of the work of Alaska's bipartisan House majority, the only one of its kind in the country, and he'll work to elect a successor who will preserve this rare unity. I'm not going to wander away from politics, and, and that's for sure. It's, it's something that I enjoy greatly, and I care a lot about the future of this state and the future of this country, and it's something that my mind works well with, and I find a lot of meaning and purpose for. And I think in that th- that will continue to be I think, a a sort of guiding force in future projects and endeavors, but just a little bit of a time to catch my breath. In addition to his legislative service, over the past 10 years, Christ Tompkins co-founded Outer Coast, a post-secondary program on the campus of the former Sheldon Jackson College in Sitka. He helped develop a website called COVID Act Now to track pandemic data in real time. And he created the Alaska Fellows, a local service program in Sitka, Juneau, and Anchorage for recent college graduates. The regular session of the 32nd Alaska State Legislature is scheduled to end on May 19th. Christ Tompkins was in Sitka over the weekend to spend time with family after releasing his official announcement last Friday. A proposal to allow sport anglers to harvest more black cod has failed. The Alaska Board of Fisheries last week rejected an effort by the Alaska Charter Association to increase the daily bag and possession limit for black cod, also known as sablefish, to offset the decrease in fish size in recent years. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The Alaska Charter Association's Richard Yamada explained the rationale behind Proposal 225. I don't see any large growth in the amount of people that are going to be participating in this fishery. Uh, So this proposal, just uh, because of the size of fish, has been on a decline, and we're measured by numbers of fish. Uh, The amount of uh, net weight that um, a person can go on a trip... uh, has been reduced. Um, so for efficiency, so you know, see even a resident angler going out and catching some black cod, uh, to give them, instead of four, giving them six, uh, would uh, make that trip more efficient uh, uh, and return them to the amount of uh, uh, weight of fish that they traditionally have caught in the previous, uh, you know, say five or six years. The proposal raises the daily bag limit from four to six fish for all anglers and raises the annual limit from 8 to 12 for non-residents. It only covers the northern inside waters of southeast Alaska. Sitka Advisory Committee Chair Heather Bauscher testified that her group struggled with a sport bag limit increase. We didn't think to recognize and address that with the expansion of the sport black cod fishery to outside waters, it's no longer really appropriate to base the entire region's limits on the abundance of Chatham alone. And unlike 15 years ago, Chatham is now just one small portion of where the fishery occurs. And there's been a lot of growth in this. Um, Chatham, it's been up by 400%, and the outside catch is now up by 500%. And with the use of electric reels, that's contributing. The Sitka AC approved an amended version of the proposal, but the vote was not unanimous. 
Alaska Longline Fishermen's Association Director Linda Benkin also opposed the bag limit increase. She implied that it was a solution for a problem that did not exist. I think as was clear from your staff presentations, this fishery is 96% non-resident. 95% of those non-residents do not catch any sable fish. And less than 1% anglers overall reach their annual limit. So what I would say is the bag limits you have in place are quite adequate. We have a sable fish dock that is slowly recovering. It's still 76% below where it was when you first set these bag limits in terms of where your annual harvest limit is for the commercial fishery. You set these thinking you were being conservative. We're still below that point, so raising bag limits at this point just puts more pressure on the stock. Commercially, black cod, or sable fish, are harvested under a quota share system in which fishermen buy the right to harvest a specific number of pounds each year. Board member Israel Payton of Wasilla thought the quota system gave the commercial sector a greater sense of ownership over the stock than was actually the case. It seems to be like when you tie a quota share to a fishery like this, and you assign this quota, you're, you're almost assigned, uh, assigning the fish as an entitlement to that stakeholder slash permit. So by default, we do, we're doing that, in my opinion. So therefore, how, if that's never changed, how would allocation ever change away from them if we're kind of assigning a quota to that? When is there room for other, the growth of other stakeholders to come in, you know, in an equal quota share like that? Board member John Jensen of Petersburg said quota harvests were managed under the same permits as other state fisheries, but he personally didn't mind giving resident harvesters an advantage in fishing for black cod. I don't have nothing against non-residents coming up to Alaska and fishing. I just want to uh, keep it uh, respective to the to the different user groups, the ones that have been in it longer, like the commercial guys and, and the residents that live around Alaska, and, and try to give Alaskan residents a, a little bit of a leg up compared to non-residents. Proposal 225 failed on a 1-5 to five vote, with only Peyton voting in favor. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitka Tribe of Alaska's Kayani Commission holds an open meeting at 6.30 p.m. today via Zoom. The commission is a group of community members and tribal citizens concerned with preserving and protecting plants and the traditional ways they are used. For information, email jeff.feldpausch at sitkatribe-nsn.gov or call 747-7469. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. Thank you.